hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Not D&D, brought to you by EN Live, part of EN World, the leading tabletop news and review site. Uh, I'm your host, Jessica, but far more interestingly, as always, we have a guest with us here, uh, WJ McGuffin. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh, I think you are on mute, so I will just unmute you there. Well, that's a great way to start this. I'm not embarrassed <laughs> at all. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Would you like I... to introduce yourself? Now we can hear the wonderful things you have to say. Uh, I'm not sure about wonderful, but I appreciate that nonetheless. Hi, everyone. I'm <laughs> WJ McGuffin. Um, I am a game designer from the States, uh, specifically Chicago, Illinois. I started my design career back in 2005, working on the XP edition of Paranoia. Um, worked a couple other games since then, uh, Unknown Armies, um, The Laundry, a Call Cthulhu variant based on the Charles Strauss novels. Fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I'm back doing Paranoia. Well, that's excellent. Well, I'm excited to have you on to talk about that. So it's the Paranoia Perfect Edition we're going to be discussing later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we dive into that, as always, I will ask you a little bit about your history with tabletop RPGs. Uh, so the first question I have for you is, what was the first tabletop RPG you played? Oh, geez. Okay, this is going to date me. I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. D&D, first edition, Holmes box set. A common, a common answer, to yes. be honest. I mean, even though this is not D and D, and you know, we're not here to talk about that. But that was that was your, when when were you first playing? Was that like back in school, or were you in college? I want to say eighty two. Um, mm-hmm. I was in middle school at the time, and I had gotten it as a gift because um, people in my life, even then, knew I was a geek and I couldn't do the footballs, so they would give me the games, and that led me to here. Excellent. Well, it seems like it all worked out pretty well. Um, so we started playing kind of with Dungeons & Dragons, which I think is the classic sort of thing. What yeah. other RPGs did you kind of move to to start as, as kind of a player? Um, I really got into the original Gamma World, which mm-hmm. was really D&D, just different, a little, little different. <laughs> um, yeah. But just the artwork and the general, um, the, the craziness of the post-apocalypse setting just really mm-hmm. sold it for me. Um, and then I quickly found Paranoia. I hate to keep bringing this up, but I'm on a lot. Well, um, that, that's fair enough. Fair enough is what we're here to yeah. talk about. Yeah. So I started that in 86, I think, when I was in high school mm-hmm. um, and just never really stopped. Okay. What was that version of Paranoia like? Because I don't think I've played. I think the versions I've played are a bit more kind of modern. So what yeah. was. Yeah. This was second edition um, mm-hmm. Paranoia, although I used a lot of first edition stuff and just converted it on the fly. Paranoia is a real good game for if you want to run things on the fly, because literally mm-hmm. the GM is told you can ignore every rule that's there if it gets in the way of having fun. And that's Amazing. what sold me on the game as a player, then as a GM, and now as a designer. So we, I mean, yeah, I mean, that sounds very much rule of cool, which is very much my side of role playing as well. Uh, so that sounds like it suits me quite well as well. Um, so we talked a little bit about you kind of as a player. So when did you um, kind of start designing games? What was that that process like? I think you said you mentioned you mm-hmm. were in the industry since 2005, but how did how did you get to that point of being somebody that just plays games and loves them to being somebody that makes them? Sure. I'm a fanboy made good. Yeah. Um, there was a site, unfortunately, it's not in existence anymore. It was called paranoialive.net. Mm-hmm. It was a fan site for the game Paranoia. Um and I did one of those things where you kind of imagine you have to grow up and then stop playing games, which right. is a dumb thing, but it's societal yeah. pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I gave up playing for a while right after college. You know, I have to grow up now. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but eventually I got back into gaming when I realized growing up is about adding more responsibilities. It's not about taking anything away. As long as you yeah. can do your job, you can do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went on there site the paranoialive.net and i just started tossing up content be like hey here's the you know, the top drinks of alpha complex here's what internal security agents would say to each other that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then i got super super lucky thanks to one yeah. man alan varney um first of all incredible designer to work with fantastic mm-hmm. but he was in charge of putting together the paranoia xp edition uh mm-hmm. which came out in 2004 yeah um, and what he did was something different at, for the time. He specifically looked for not d- um, big name designers. He looked for people who just loved the game and had some writing mm-hmm. ability and took them onto uh, his little design studio and said, hey, let's see what you can do. 
So that's how I got into it. Um, Alan Varney read a bunch of stuff I posted as a fanboy and said it was good enough. Um, He had seen some of my other creative writings, so he knew what I could do. Um, So he just brought me on, and I just did not let go. (laughs) I <laughs> didn't let go. So, I mean, yeah, well, you're still still back here again, making par- working on Paranoia for, for the new edition. Um, but you mentioned you did some kind of freelancing uh, as well in tabletop games industry. Could you talk us through kind of your career in, in, in your freelancing for all the different companies you've worked for? Sure. Uh, my resume isn't too uh, expansive because I've got the day mm-hmm. job, I've got the life and the family mm-hmm. and, you know, you know team. Um, let's see, what other things did I do? So I started off, in Paranoia, just like I said. Yeah. Once that came to an end, um, once Mongoose Publishing said the line is pretty much done, we need to focus on other things, mm-hmm. um, I started uh, using what little contacts I had in the industry. And mm-hmm. that brought me into the laundry, um, which you had to call Cthulhu variant. Um, and that was for Cubicle 7. Yes. Um, another British company, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Um Gosh, have I ever worked for an American company? Yes, uh, Atlas Publishing. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'd say. Yeah, they put out Unknown Armies, and I got um, invited to join that. Um, I actually knew the head designer, Greg Stolze, if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. his last name correctly. And Greg, I am so sorry if I just screwed that up. I have no <laughs> excuse. We, You've been to my house. I should know it by now. Well, you, you'll be forgiven then. You'll be forgiven then, I'm sure. I hope so. No, <laughs> he's a great guy. He really would uh-huh. forgive me if I screwed up his name. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so really it's just, I kept finding new gigs mm-hmm. based on having done a bunch of work for paranoia and having met people in the process, um, yeah. like Gareth Ryder Hanrahan or Gareth Hanrahan or, oh, mm-hmm. no, it's not the O it's just Hanrahan. Enough, <laughs> I, again, I am sorry for screwing your name up too. Um, I had met him through paranoia and he was mm-hmm. in charge of some stuff and brought me on board and you get the idea. Yeah, well, it sounds great. It sounds like so you've had a great experience working on some awesome games. Laundry is an excellent game as well, which I definitely want to get on the show at some point. So maybe yeah. we'll talk again about that. Um, but talking a little bit more um, about kind of uh, paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people haven't, he- I'm gonna if people haven't heard before. I'm gonna put an image on the screen that might be useful for some people to get kind of a vibe check of what's going on. But this is also gonna be a pop- podcast. So if you could give like kind of an elevator pitch or a little summary of how you would explain the paranoia RPG to people. Sure. Um, let's see. Most of the time when you're playing RPGs, especially if you play D and D, you know the deal. You play a talented hero, maybe level one, but you're gonna get up there. You're going to keep getting skills and become more and more powerful and talented. And you're going to go on noble quests and you're going to save the princess or the kingdom or the entire world. Um, Paranoia is kind of the opposite. Uh, You play pretty much incompetent fools um, who are ah, trying to think how to call it. They're called troubleshooters. And in this job, you pretty much do that. You find trouble and then shoot it repeatedly until it either dead or at least not making noises. Um, And it's a competitive game, too. For example, one of the worst things you can do in D&D is a TPK, except for one thing, and that's if you purposely attack another player's character. No inter-party fighting, especially no killing Uh another player character. Yeah. Paranoia wants you to do that repeatedly. So it gives every character five clones, or six lives in total, so you can literally kill your friend's character in the game and they come right back in a minute or two. So it's a very um, sar- it's very sarcastic, satirical yeah. game. Um, the rules are pretty simple. Um, the GM, like I said, gets to ignore the rules if that gets in the way of fun. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a little bit of a dicey thing because we don't want to say wrong fun uh, or anything like that. Sure, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've all been there. We've been at the table. We're on the screen. And we've had a scene that just did not work for anyone. And usually there's nothing you can do. The rules state you got to go through it and you got to do this role and this initiative, etc. Paranoia just says, hey, you're doing that scene and it sucks. Do something different. Change it. Even if you have to ignore the rules. Make it so that everyone is having a good time. And that puts a bit of pressure on GMs, but mm-hmm. that's part of why I love this game so much. You get to craft an experience for players instead of just hoping the dice and the rules come up the way they need to be. Definitely, yeah. I. I, like you say, I I love games of paranoia because they are fun, 
And I, I know that sounds so silly because like all role-playing games uh, are fun, but this is really a game where I think you can be a lot more creative. The stakes are kind of feel almost higher and lower at the same time. Because like you say, you've got a few clones. So you're like, ah, I'll take the risk. And maybe if I fall <laughs> into this vat of acid, there'll be another me. So it makes yeah. you kind of make more interesting kind of choices and, and, and things like that. Um, also, there's a really, I love the world of Paranoia as well, mm. because I I really love the game Portal. So I love the idea of an yep. evil computer. Uh, but of course, the computer in this is is not in no way evil. I'm an icon. Could you tell us all. a little bit about the setting and the world of Paranoia that your characters are playing in? Sure, mind you, um, the setting in Paranoia is more important than the rules in a lot of ways. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is a very detailed setting. So I'm going to give yeah. a little top overview, gloss over stuff. Right. Sure. Science fiction, post-apocalypse. You live in Alpha Complex. It's a giant city, domed but also most of it's underground. Um, society there is run by a sentient AI, which calls itself the computer, or the computer, I guess. Um, it is in charge of everything. It loves people. It literally is programmed to love humanity and protect it. It just kind of discovered that humanity sometimes is the worst threat to humanity. Um, so yeah. It has divided the entire setting into security clearances, which you must... Um, have and obey. So if someone with a higher clearance tells you to do something, you got to do it, unless that was illegal, in which case you're obligated to say no. However, the person giving you the order is probably the one that gets to decide whether it's legal or not. So uh, yeah, think that through and try to figure out what to do. And that's what the game comes down to a lot. It's really just a series of problem solving. And instead of knowing, okay, I got to add this skill check and I got to beat this DC and things like that, um, you might face a problem with no solution plan. Like mm -hmm. the, the actual paper adventure will say, well, PDF <laughs> will say, mm -hmm. we don't know how they can get out of this. They'll find a way, they're players. Yeah, I think that sums up really well. The reference points, when I described it to people, I said it's a little bit, if you enjoy playing Portal, a bit of GLaDOS kind yep. of vibes coming in. And also if you like fall out the idea of this kind of post-apocalyptic society, kind of underground sort of style thing, like you're in a vault, so it's a very structured you know, not organic environment you're in. So like you say, you're mm -hmm. in a bubble dome. So those are kind of the reference points I give to people. So I'm like, oh, if you think those are interesting concepts and how you play with that. And also it's kind of the psychology of power and those dynamics. Yes. And I, I in the game, a lot of the games I play, I find me and the other players are almost trying to catch each other out with the rules. Uh, so you feel very much like a snitch a lot of the yep. time. Yep. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the game is like uh, trying to tempt maybe the other players into doing something that you know is not correct so that you can then kind of snitch on them and, and get something good for yourself in that yeah. sense. So. There's, a, there's a tiny element of Cluedo. That's what y'all call it, right? Yeah. Cool. Where that there's usually a mystery you have to solve. Um, mm -hmm. And you're competing against each other to solve it, mm -hmm. even though you're supposed to work as a team together to mm -hmm. solve it compounding everything besides the fact that the mission you're on may not make any sense and it may be literally impossible to succeed on it you know just like half the work projects we get handed on in our jobs or handed <laughs> to yeah um oh crap and now i forgot where i was going with that i do this all the time it's a competitive game yes so because everyone has um a secret society that they belong to Mm -hmm. um, some clandestine group uh, ranging from people who hate mutants um, to actual literal communists. All right. every, yeah. every character also has a mutant power uh, and the fun X-Men kind, but anyone who belongs to a secret society or that has a mutant power is a traitor and will be executed by the state. So right. you start the game knowing you're screwed. You've got two big things that will get your character killed. You know that the other players have those two, both, you think. Maybe, maybe not. But they're coming after you, which means you have to come after them, but you can't do it in an obvious way because then the computer sees. So you still have a mission to do, so you got to focus on that, but you've got a secret mission from your society who tells you to do other things, and then everyone is piling up against you. No one trusts you. Lasers get shot. People die. And oddly enough, everyone laughs. Yes, it, it, yeah, where you're describing it, it sounds like, oh, that sounds awful, but it is a fun game where people are laughing and 
yeah it's it's very much that experience every time i've i've played for sure um we've talked a little bit about the me- uh, mechanics like you say the mechanics aren't the, the main thing it's the, mm-hmm. the setting and what we're doing uh but could you talk us through um well the the kind of the mechanics plan for paranoia perfect edition because sure. well, we should say that um this is a new edition that's coming out uh so it'll be slightly different if you're familiar with uh paranoia i assume uh with some kind of upgrades and changes so maybe mm-hmm. you could talk us through those as well sure first i want to say look at me guys I was a fanboy. I was just a player at age 16 years old, and now I'm actually designing the game I fell in love with. I am so intimidated by this, but I am also so excited by this opportunity. Um, Yeah, so some of the, um, to put it in context, Mm -hmm. the last edition was called the Red Clearance Edition, or RCE. Mm -hmm. Um, It was um, designed by three gentlemen and published in 2017, if I remember correctly. Um, And so this is going to be a heavy revision of that edition. It won't be um, completely different. For example, the same four stats, the same skills, those all are staying the same and not changing. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of things aren't changing. Um, But we looked at the last edition, and I want to make sure to say this very carefully because the designers are not here to defend themselves. RCE is a great game. It has great rules. It has great ideas and is Mm well-written. A lot of people don't feel that RCE was necessarily the best choice for paranoia, given the unique Mm -hmm. setting and dynamics in there. Okay. Um, I was brought in for RCE, the last edition, to work on a couple of Kickstarters, uh, Acute Paranoia and then Project Infinite Hole. Mm -hmm. Um, And so eventually they decided it was time to do a new edition, so they brought me in. So part of my goal is to try to please everyone which means i'm never oh, wow. gonna please anyone yeah i was like what a- you set yourself up to fail straight away very much like the theme of paranoia in the game exactly <laughs> if i fail yeah. as a designer oh it uh, that's in character i swear it's beautiful <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah so sorry, some of the changes um initiative is changing okay. it used to use a card um thing and where you would bluff and it was cool but it took a long time and that's not good for paranoia combat mm-hmm so the new uh, initiative, security clearance based. Every oh, character right. in the setting has a uh, what's called a core tech or a brain implant that sort of um, connects you to the internet through that. And the computer can at any time watch through your eyes or listen through your ears. It still can't taste through your mouth, but we're working on that. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea where that's going. We're not actually working on that, I promise. Okay, good. Although tongue I don't know why, but somehow that feels worse, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great flavors in Paranoia, like Choco Shrimp flavored crisps. Mmm, nummy. <laughs> um, but going back to the rules a little bit, so yeah, um, the so you're saying initiative changes. Maybe if if people aren't familiar with uh, the original settings of Paranoia, if we could go through kind of the the rules and and that and how how that works and then we can like as we go discuss some of the kind of the changes. Gotcha. So you mentioned there's kind of four key stats uh, that you have in the game. Could you talk yes. us through those? So the core mechanic is d6 dice pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you assemble it by looking at one of your four stats. Um, oh god, now I have to remember them: violence, mechanics, brains, and chutzpah. Yes, social stuff. Mm-hmm. But you also have a series of skills related to those. For example, mm-hmm. guns is under violence. Um, yeah. Knowing about alpha complex itself, what's the setting like? How do things work here? That's a skill for brains. Mm-hmm. So you just add your stat and skill together, and that mm-hmm. gives you how many dice you roll. Roll them, look for fives and sixes, and uh, count how many successes. And there you go. The difficulty of a task is set by how many successes you need. As long as you get the minimum, then you've succeeded. Oh, yeah. Nice and simple. So nice, simple yep. D6 dice pool system. You also had uh, another thing, uh, which was the computer dice as well. Is the... that in the perfect edition? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not, okay, we're not getting rid of that. Um, for those <laughs> who don't know, early editions of the game have struggled to try to figure out if your character is in a panopticon, in a dystopia where there's cameras and microphones everywhere, mm-hmm. how do you get away with stuff? Um, oh crap, and now I lost it again. I am so worried about this interview that I'm my brain is <laughs> no, going don't elsewhere. Worry. 
It's just two nerds in a room having a chat about games we love. So we're talking about the kind of computer dice and how that mechanic yes, works. Yes, so sorry. Um, so nah, to help so determine good. when the computer decides to pay attention to what's coming in your eyeballs or ears, uh -huh. you roll an extra D6 every time. Even if you technically don't roll any dice, you get one. Oh, yeah. And the six on this dice is replaced with a computer monitor symbol. You roll mm -hmm. it. That means uh, the computer, who again is in charge of everything and can reward and punish you, is suddenly paying attention to exactly what you're trying to do right then and there. Oh, great. Yep. And so that could be great. Uh, yeah. You could be, you know, shooting the bad guys and the computer pays attention. And is like, hey, yeah, here's here's some money as a bonus. But usually awesome. it pops when you're doing something nefarious and trying to like, you know, literally backstab your team leader. And the computer would like to know, ah, I see you're trying to kill someone. Would you like help with that? That sort of thing. Wonderful. So they're kind of the core kind of main mechanics uh, in the game. So if you're familiar with playing D&D, it's, it's in a way, it's not too far away because you have your stat, which is kind of like you know, your abilities, and you have the skills that you add together. And the fun computer dice is kind of an extra piece in there as well. And it's just how many successes you have. So what would um, what would a game kind of look like? So what's the kind of structure of, if, if we're sitting down to play a one shot, mm -hmm. how, how would we structure that? First, you start with characters, of course. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's pre-generated characters that come with missions. So yeah. we can kind of bake in some um, rivalries and problems between the troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, um, I lost it again. Ah. <laughs> no, it's just the structure of the game. So we'll sit down. We'll I need make to drink less or smoke less or something. This is ridiculous. Or more. Yes. <laughs> I like the way you it's think. It's a balance of one or the other. Yeah, I'm British. Of course, we have that culture <laughs> over here. No, but just uh, when I've sat down to kind of um, play the games of Paranoia, we I generally had the pre-generated characters kind of what we used. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it was a great game to sit and play as a one-shot because, like you say, it's not an intimidating character sheet because you have kind of your four stats on there and, and that mm -hmm. kind of bit of information as well. Um, and then you also have your kind of um, your secret society, like you said, and also your kind of cool ability that you have as well. Yes, our um, new character sheets will come double-sided. One side mm -hmm. is uh, public information, and the other side is called the naughty side where you put oh. down your mutation, your secret stuff, any plots any blackmail that way you can turn it over on the table and uh, keep it hidden but still be able to reference nice that sounds good i like the structure of that what sort of um mutations and abilities are there in paranoia perfect edition so what sort of powers oh. can people expect to play with if you've played any kind of supers rpg you're gonna know almost everyone yeah um uh, teleportation telekinesis mind control mental blast pyrokinesis cryokinesis on and on and on. But the interesting thing is you can tell the GM what you want to happen with your, say, uh, teleportation power. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I want to teleport out of combat so I'm not killed this round. Smart. You can also tell the GM in this edition how many meta points you're going to spend to power this up. One to five points. Okay. But that's about it. And so then the you... GM interprets everything and decides what happens. So if you try to teleport out, um, and you spend a lot of points doing it, you might teleport several thousand miles away. <laughs> kilometers. Wait, yeah, yeah. What, do you guys still use miles? Yes. Oh, what about stone? Uh, in terms of weight, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love those things. <laughs> well, good to know. But yeah, so with the... Uh, so you mentioned that you, you spend a certain amount of... Um, what was it you called it? The side how from one to five? Oh, uh, the points are called Moxie. It's a meta Moxie. resource. Okay, and how and how does that work? Do you like have an amount that you can spend throughout the game, or mm -hmm. um... you start with eight points? That's mm -hmm. what every character starts as. Mm -hmm. um, you can spend them a number of ways. Mm -hmm. First is you can turn any failed die into a success. So nice. if it shows a one, you can turn it into a five or a six. Mm -hmm. um, but other people can also spend that to attack your rolls. And turn your successes into failures. Well, that's kind. Oh, yeah. And then you get to see them and you get to stare them right in the eyes and say, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember this. I'll <laughs> I'll remember. This. Yeah. Now, I think that's uh, an important thing to remember that game as well. So whilst your, your characters are very much like 
antagonistic and have secrets between them generally i mm -hmm. found the players don't tend to have that as much the players know exactly what's going on um so so the you know as a player you can be like well my character's gonna do this and my character doesn't know that that's terrible for you because in fairness you know they yeah. think it's perfectly fine to do this thing why would that be an issue and that's kind of where the the fun comes in definitely with the games that i've played of that mm -hmm. and um the characters in this game they're really Actually, Alan Varney, uh, the guy who hired me, old designer of the game, um, he put it best, in my opinion. In this game, characters are really just shells for the people to be in. Mm -hmm. um, it's not supposed to be a completely different persona with deep uh, backstories and multiple conflicting motivations. Um, no, just keep it simple. We want, oh, here's how to put it. We watch horror movies to get scared. Yeah. Even though we don't like getting scared. Mm -hmm. because we know it's just a movie we can experience fear and enjoy it in that context this game does the same thing with fear and paranoia mm -hmm. normally you don't want to feel anything like this but no. because this is a game because mm -hmm. you know this is all for fun and everyone's laughing and everyone's having a good time you can literally experience the paranoia not in your character but in yourself the player mm -hmm. experiences yeah. fear and paranoia in the game We've just had a question come in, and they said they haven't played since first edition. Is it still a big part of the game getting other players killed, disintegrated, arrested? Yes, absolutely, 100%, I would say. <laughs> would you? Uh, yes. So completely. So it's very much that same vibe uh, that's uh, that, that you're used to playing. So if you enjoyed that, I think Paranoia Perfect Edition is uh, going to be more of what you loved. Um, and I think that's how most people play Paranoia, so I don't think it's just you. <laughs> um, so uh, with uh, Paranoia Perfect Edition, uh, yeah. what sort of missions are we going on? So that's kind of how we what we describe as like an adventure. Um, yeah. So what what can we expect to be be doing in in our in our games when we sit down to play? The style of missions has never changed in um, Paranoia, no matter what the edition, and that's mm -hmm. not going to change. Okay, Wait, it's, not gonna, it's not going to not change. You know what I mean. It will not be changing. It will not be changing. Uh, the missions Excellent. will still uh, all start the same. You get mm -hmm. a, a mission briefing where you learn your objectives and what you got to do. You go to outfitting where you get equipment that probably won't work, but you're still responsible for it. Of course, yeah. Um, you get mandatory bonus duties. Um, these are bonuses, but they are mandatory. Things like be the team leader, be the equipment person, be in charge of everyone's hygiene. Yes, yep. there's a hygiene officer in the game. It's um, important. <laughs> actually, it is, because everyone knows if you're dirty, like literally dirty, you're a bad person, and, and you're well. evil, and you're going to just try to ruin everything that's good and pure in this world. We know that, all from just having a little bit of dirt behind your ear. Yeah, and um, we know this because yeah. the computer tells us. And yeah, you can... You could try to disagree with the computer if you don't really value the life that you currently have. Um, <laughs> but that's totally up to you. Okay. So with uh, with missions, so you get, so like you say, so where, where are we at? So we've got our equipment. Got we're our given equipment. our roles so we know which yep. officers we are. Maybe the hygiene officer, maybe right. something different. And then you go on the mission itself. Mm -hmm. Paranoia missions, again, these are adventures, mm -hmm. um, often make no sense they're full of contradictions, catch-22s, um, multiple deaths across multiple scenes, across multiple acts, across multiple players and NPCs. Um, it's it, And then you spend most of your time trying to balance, hey, I need to achieve this mission. I need to mm -hmm. achieve the objectives because I'll get in deep trouble if I don't. Yeah. But you might have a secret mission from your secret society that says mm -hmm. you want to make sure this mission fails. Oh. So that's where you often find yourself in, in a paranoia mission or adventure. Okay. How can I be successful when I've got multiple people and power structures pulling me in different directions and often giving me contradictory advice? Wow, that does, uh, you can tell why the name's paranoia in this. Uh, could you give <laughs> us an example uh, without like, maybe without giving a spoiler for the new edition, but maybe an mm -hmm. example of like the sort of thing that people would be doing maybe from previous editions? Sure. Uh, so what sort of missions would people be sent on? Um, one of my favorite editions of all time is called Stealth Train mm -hmm. uh, by Dan Curtis Johnson from the XP days. Uh, we're actually planning, I can't guarantee, 
planning on reprinting this for the new edition to make it easier to play. Okay. So here's the scenario. The computer has decided the best thing we need to fight all the traitors in the world, the communists, the mutants, the members of secret society, the people who share files. You get the idea. Um, and I lost it again. So you're talking about the mission. Yeah, I'm just upset with myself right now. So I'm going to take a moment to just beat myself up mentally. And <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, sure. So the computer decided that what was needed to win the war against treason is a stealth vehicle, and it settled on a stealth train. Of course. So, the know. stealthiest of all transport options. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, <laughs> trains are all over the place because of subways and all that stuff. Underground tubes. Mm -hmm. You get the idea. Metro. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, it. It's yeah, a yeah. giant metro. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're, you, the team is sent to where the train is at a train station. And you show up and there's no train there. Oh. But it's a stealth train. Okay, so you have to find it. No, it's right there. Of course it's right there. In fact, the people in charge have told you the train is right there. And if you don't know where it is, you are responsible for finding it. Heck, you're responsible for losing it. That's even worse. Oh, right. So the emperor has no clothes style situation. Yes. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. And that's but, what the whole mission is. You're, you're going through all these motions of dealing with something that exists and yet doesn't. Okay. Uh, and as paranoia does, it satirizes government and bureaucracies very well. Mm -hmm. Saying yeah. like, what if something exists on paper but does not exist in reality? Who takes the fall for that? Definitely not the clerks. They wrote it. They can just write other things. So it's uh, the people there. Oh, gosh. So that sounds... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know how to deal with that situation. Paranoia, you don't have to know how to deal with it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. always got things to do. You could go after some of your yeah. teammates. You can mm -hmm. um, steal things, blow things up. You can do so many different fun things because, again, you're not beholden to a plot. Yes, and I mean, that's... chances are you're going to mm -hmm. go where the adventure gets you because you don't yeah. really have a choice given how low you are on the security clearance ladder. Mm -hmm. uh, with... yeah. Sorry, you're saying, Carol? No, I have no idea where I was going with that. You know that <laughs> now. No, I was just going to say, so we're talking about how there's there's no plot, which is great for players. And as a player, that like is, is so exciting because there's endless possibility. But as a GM, someone running the game, that could be a little bit intimidating. So what sort of... Uh, advice would you give to somebody looking to run a game of Paranoia, or, or what does the system mm -hmm. do to support uh, Game Masters? Sure. Um, one neat support we've added to Paranoia Perfect Edition, this new edition, mm -hmm. is yeah. we're including a GM sheet. So it's like okay. a character sheet, but just for GMs. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be have all the um, pre-gen characters listed on it. There's some important details about them, like what's their mutation, what's their secret society. Yeah but it'll also go into all the acts within a mission or adventure and give spaces or even reminders like, hey, don't forget, they take a test here, write down who passes, and that will be important in the third act. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways we try to support GMs. But really, playing Paranoia, either as a player or as a GM, for mm -hmm. your first time is so liberating. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I don't have to play nice anymore. I don't even have to play sensible anymore. Uh, so as a GM, yeah, adventures, the missions, they tend to have some semblance of a plot. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have bad guys and good guys, and we have a, a chain of events that'll happen. Um, but if you're running the game, Paranoia, again, you don't have to listen to the rules. If like, and again, we've seen this before. If you yeah. see that one player who keeps getting horrible roles and combat isn't fun for them anymore, and they're mm -hmm. kind of on their phone or just staring off into space waiting for the scene to end, yeah, you can step in and you can fix that. You could say that their bad attack role was the best of the group. You can give them the kill shot. Mm -hmm. um, so as a GM, you have so many more tools in this game to, again, craft the experience for the players and do what's needed to make sure that everyone is getting enjoyment out of the game because it's a game. We sh should pretty much enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it should be fun. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, 
as yeah, I know it sounds so obvious, but I think it's something that people forget sometimes because they get really deep into like the lore and the story and the mechanics, and it's like well, we're just sitting around a table playing pretend with our friends. Yeah. Like it's yeah. fun and it's silly, uh, and I, I do really enjoy that about Paranoia. Um, so for the perfect edition, you must have been doing uh, a bit of playtesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any fun stories or things that come out of that? Did did any of the players do something you're like? Wow, I did not think that was going to happen. Or yes. there was something in an early version of a rule. Oh, Jiminy Cricket, what was that? Yes, we are originally going to tie. Okay, rewind. Yeah, the economy in the setting is using a uh, social credit system uh, mm-hmm. that I more or less copied from what China is trying to do in real life. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so it's how like well behaved you are. Like yes. Yeah, Officially, yeah. there are no jobs because this mm-hmm. is utopia. Who would work at a utopia? Yeah. Instead, there's volunteer centers where you are mm-hmm. mandatorily assigned to volunteer to do work. Mm-hmm. And money, the XP points, is the name of the currency. Mm-hmm. It's technically not a currency. These are thank yous. So if you buy a, a game for 50 bucks, hey, you're just actually giving 50 th- official thank yous to the person who created the game. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Um, now, where was I going with that? Uh, so the playtesting scenario. Yes. So we originally were tying promotions, new security clearances, to mm-hmm. how much money you had. Okay, we wanted to yeah. satirize how some people think the more, like prosperity gospel, the more mm-hmm. money you make, the more God loves you, or the better you are in society, or the more mm-hmm. skilled you are, when actually it's a way more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. So we had like a, you know, if you earn $2,000 in your bank account, uh, you get to orange clearance, the next step up from red, which mm-hmm. is where everyone starts. Yeah. And the problem we had with that is everyone started immediately gaming the system, saving their money, trying to um, reduce expenses so they can get promoted right. uh, sometime in the game. But I had set up the uh, the levels, the how much is in each uh, security clearance. I set them up a little bit too tight uh, and Mm -hmm. too big. So it was too hard for people to reach what the thing is. And instead, Mm -hmm. they ended the game going, well, that was dumb. And that's exactly what playtesting is for, though. We Mm -hmm. found what works on paper. Again, works on paper. Not so much in real life. And and that's why, hey, if you're a designer on any level, even if you don't Mm -hmm. think you're a designer, you just want to play around. Yeah. You're going to have to play test a lot to figure out what will work and what won't in real life. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- yeah, I think that's a great example. And like you say, I, I can imagine it makes sense to me why a player would approach it that way. Because you think, oh, there's a way to get a promotion. It's like leveling up. That's what I should be yep. aspiring to do. So it totally makes sense where people kind of approached it um, with that mindset. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about uh, kind of different editions of Paranoia. And this is going to be Paranoia Perfect Edition. Uh, this isn't out yet. So when when is this um, planning on being made available? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Uh, the Kickstarter <laughs> will launch in August. Um, unfortunately, okay. I don't have any specific date. Um, mm-hmm. I know Mongoose and my team, we're still working on additional content that will either be Kickstarter goal or stretch goals mm-hmm. or fill out the game line uh, as the year progresses. Awesome. So it's looking to come to Kickstarter next month in August then, pretty much. Yeah, I would say about a month from now it'll launch. Not far away to go then. Um, If you're wanting to keep up to date uh, with when this is happening, mongooseplubbishing.com is the website. Mm -hmm. And I think you've also got a Reddit as well. I'll put the link up to. Yeah, so you're quite active in there, yeah. For me, Reddit is, okay, it's social media, so it sucks. But... (laughs) It sucks less than others do. Okay. Um, at least in my opinion, I find Reddit to be a much better place for conveying and talk uh, information, talking to people. So mm-hmm. I'm on the Reddit uh, for Paranoia RPG, the subreddit, all the time. I check mm-hmm. it. I try to check it every day and see if I can answer oh, questions nice. people have and stuff like that. So if anyone has a specific question, um, if you can't find me on Facebook or Twitter or email, you can find me right there at Paranoia RPG subreddit. Awesome. So it'll be coming out in uh, in a month's time. So that sounds really good to yep. get our hands on it. What um what features in Paranoia Perfect Edition are you quite proud of or excited to share with people? Favors. Tell me about favors. Oh, I know. I'm so excited about this. Unreasonably <laughs> excited. This is why I'm a game designer. Excellent. Um, 
One thing we've always tried to do in Paranoia over the years is try to get players to do fun, wild things. Yeah. Don't play the safe route. Mm -hmm. Don't like plan out your attack. Just go in there with throwing grenades and bombs and lasers. Just throw the laser. Don't even shoot yeah. it. Just throw it. You've got people. a whole lot of clones. If you if you die, don't worry about it. Exactly. And remember, if you die spectacularly, maybe maybe the computer will like you better. Maybe. Mm -hmm. The favors. Getting back to favors. The favors. Off topic. Um, <laughs> you can spend those meta points, Moxie, to mm -hmm. call in a favor from either your job, mm -hmm. where you used to work, or from that illegal secret society you belong to. Uh huh. And like with spending Moxie for mutations, um, you could spend one to five points. The more you spend, the bigger the effect. But okay. so what this brings to the table is that at any time you can look and go, okay, well, I'm screwed. I, I can't find, I can't shoot the bad guy. All the, mm -hmm. my good guy teammates are trying to shoot me. What do I do? And that was a serious problem for a lot of people because you know yeah. what it's like. Sometimes the creativity is just not there. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like sometimes you're talking about a question and they completely lost down some tangent and you don't even remember what the last question really was. <laughs> Talking about favors and how they work in the game. Oh no, I, I didn't forget this one. I promise. All right, I was checking. I'm checking. I was like, I'll get it. I'll clear it from. Yeah. So, for, for example, example, if you belong to the communist secret society, you could I spend never, these meta points. Well, no, no. <laughs> but if I hypothetically, if one were, they could spend the meta points as you spend the points, and then they can send a team of communists to go um, with a few bats to kind of. Deliver some important messages to your team leader about how to treat oh. you better. So it's a, it, again, just a meta point. Um, you can spend these points and call in favors and get all kinds of weird shenanigans going on. You could mm -hmm. attack your team. You could attack the bad guys. You could support yourself. You could do so many different things and it's all quasi legal. And I love that gray area because then people realize, okay, anytime I want, I could make that gray area dark. And mm -hmm. punish everyone for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I love that, um, actually, you saying the gray area in Paranoia, because so much of the rules of the the world in Paranoia is very black and white. This is loud. This isn't loud. This is your clearance level. You can go here. You can do this. It's all very kind of clear cut. So wiggling mm -hmm. around to find the gray areas is is kind of the, the fun in the game. But here's um, the thing. It's just like real life. The Mm -hmm. It might look black and white on the surface, but as soon as mm -hmm. people with power and money get involved, things start turning into shades of gray. And then the rules yeah. don't quite work the way you thought you did. And that's one of the things we satirize in this game all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, again, I said security clearances. Yeah. Those aren't based on talent or age or job. They're based on how much the AI trusts you. So you could right. be a CEO of a big corporation and have zero talent okay wait that's just like real life yeah um <laughs> you get the idea yeah yeah no that makes sense for sure um so a uh, favors is one of the things you asked about so i said um what mm -hmm. kind of things in paranoid perfect edition are you excited to share with people so favors was one of favors them favors was one um buttons would be another new thing that i'm excited about buttons to buttons. push yes oh push please please tell me more we originally started calling these triggers Mm -hmm. But we realized that's going to bring out a whole bunch of baggage and that we safety don't need mechanics. To. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so what these are is every player character has two buttons. Mm -hmm. One, something that causes them to commit treason, even though they know better. Huh. And then two, something that makes you not just upset, but violently upset. Okay. So, for example, one button I gave to a character was a, a violence thing. It was super long cues that don't go anywhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so relatable. Yeah. Exactly. So in this game, though, um, you could voluntarily press your character's button. Mm -hmm. If you're in a scene and there's a long cue, you could tell the GM, hey, look, I'm going to go a little crazy here because I really hate those long cues. And then you get to do that. But you also gain moxie that meta resource point that powers ah okay favors and mutations and lets you change the dice that makes sense and it's like i also like that they're called buttons as, as well because i think so much 
of the game, you have so much more fun if you do the thing, if you push the button, if yes. you take the risk. So it being called a button, I think, is such a small thing. But you know, you hear mm -hmm. things like that, and you're like, oh, that's perfect. Things Sometimes like that. names matter. They really do. Um, we're coming up near to the top of the hour. So if you've mm -hmm. been lurking in the chat and you have a burning question to ask uh, about paranoia, please pop it in the chat now, because now is your time to ask. Obviously, of course, uh, if you are listening to this later, you can always pop into the Reddit and have a chat and ask questions there, because that is the space for that. Um, but if you want it answered now, as we just chat, please just pop it in the chat there. Um, but one thing I was asked is, is there a question I like you wish I'd have asked you, or is there something you want to share about the game that you haven't had the chance to yet? Hmm. To tell us That's about a good question. Um, we're doing in, um, we're launching in August is mm -hmm. a revision of RCE. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing I really want to talk about is, uh, satire. Yes, please do. Paranoia has always been a satirical game, not mm -hmm a parody game mm -hmm. a huge difference yeah parody is making fun of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone that's yeah. cool that's this book this is parody awfully cheerful i, I can agent. barely yeah. see it okay cool oh it's in the background but anyway yes <laughs> parody doesn't age well mm -hmm. and if you don't know the uh, material that well mm -hmm. then you're gonna miss half the jokes and half the references yeah um but satire but satire yeah, correct Satire is more, instead of making fun of something specific like Harry Potter, you might make fun of young adult novels mm -hmm. or magical realism or anything you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So for PPE, for this edition, um, here's an example. We listed all the secret societies, the illegal groups that mm -hmm. are going to be in the game. Yeah. And for every one, we created a satirical focus and we balanced it. We went for some that are going to be, um, we went for some that will annoy conservatives. We went mm -hmm. for some that will annoy liberals. Mm -hmm. And we tried to hit some that will annoy just about everyone. Okay. So when earlier you said you're trying to make a game that pleases everyone, you actually meant you're trying to make it a game that's going to annoy everyone in some ways. Right. That's <laughs> what paranoia is. Yes. It's an annoyance, again, just like a horror movie because it's in a certain context, because mm -hmm. you know your friend across the table is the one that got you in this hot water. Yeah. You could laugh at it, you can enjoy it, and you can go, you know what, dude? You're next. I'm following. It's so, nice like that. Definitely. So with um, some of the kind of adventures and the, the things in this book, without giving it away, you're mm -hmm. saying it's, it's all about satire. What sort of things are we expecting to see in Paranoid Perfect sure. Edition? Which I just um, realized is PPE, which sounds like the protective equipment thing, which is also great, which I just, as you said it then, realized and made the connection. Very good. I promise that wasn't intentional at all. I <laughs> okay. Um, wait, what's so your question? See, oh, my question was, in fairness, I jumped around with PPE because I got excited and remembered it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. saying, so uh, in Paranoid Perfect Edition, PPE, if you will, uh, what sort of adventures and uh, themes oh, the will be coming out? So what are we going to yes. be? Yeah. What's the satirical focus? Yeah. Um, give you a couple examples. We have one um, mission that we are still working on. That'll be a mm -hmm. satire of Las Vegas. We're going to satirize wow. gambling and mm -hmm. big shows and class differences and a lot of things like that. Um, all of our secret societies, again, have a focus. For example, there's a group called Anti-Mutant. They've been around since the first edition, and they just hate those mutants. Mm -hmm. We have satirized people who think fluoride is evil, that the water contains chemicals, and that chemicals will ruin you and give you chemicals mutations. Bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see, what else did we decide to satirize? Um, oh, and like Sierra Club. This is a secret society in the game that's devoted to nature, which is illegal because you live in a big dome and the computer has yeah. provided everything you need. So you don't need whatever's out there. Yeah, sure. They used to be kind of dumb hippies. We're mm -hmm. turning them into eco-terrorists. Oh, so okay. they're monkey wrenchers. They, they don't know what nature is. They just grab a bag of pollen and go over to the air filtration system and dump it in there thinking that's going to make things better. Yeah, well, it's natural. It's good for you. Oh, yeah. Everything natural is good for you. If it comes out yeah. of the ground or it's flying through the air, it's good. Exactly. That makes sense. I don't know why okay, I went great. with air instead of water and land. I just 
suddenly jumped at the bird. It character. works. It works. Okay, so I can I get I'm getting a sense of some of the 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 kind of you know the satirical focus in the game. So yeah, again, satire yeah. has always been there, but with this edition, mm -hmm. we're trying to sharpen it and be more direct about what we're satirizing, so it can come mm -hmm. out more better. More better? Yes. More better. Much more better. Much more betterer, yes. Um, so as we mentioned before, if you want to check this out, the release coming out uh, months away, really, we're looking at coming to Kickstarter. If you go to mongoosepublishing.com, that'll be the best place to get all the information mm -hmm. on there or go to the Reddit site, Paranoia RPG, uh, on Reddit, uh, and all the links will be in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. Um, before we come to the end of the stream, because I think we've, we've, we're done with the questions, uh, mm -hmm. the last question I always ask is, what um, tabletop RPGs would you recommend that aren't ones you've made and that uh, <laughs> is not D&D? Fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to skip. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I kind of made Paranoia, but I kind of didn't. Doesn't matter. Skip it. Um, okay, games I would recommend. Misspent Youth. Yeah, we 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 had them on here as well. Did you really? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So they were on a few months back, actually. Yeah, I, I got the new Kickstarter. Well, I haven't gotten it yet, but I The Fall in Love, Not in Line. Yep. Well, yep. But I have an old Ashcan edition that I got from the designer mm -hmm. Robert... Again, last names. Yeah, o Robert. B-O-H-L, I think. Uh, fantastic guy. Love his work. And Misspent Youth. It's a story game, but it recreates young adult dystopian fiction mm -hmm. so well. If you're yeah. familiar with Divergent and all those other books, this mm -hmm. is that game. Yeah. And it, the rules are dead simple, but it really emphasizes character development over time. Mm -hmm. There's a sellout mechanic where you can be something like, hey, I'm yeah. cool, and now I'm not cool i'm trendy <laughs> um i yeah. absolutely love it um yeah. some other it's a games great game. yeah yeah no it's again it's brand new kickstarter i don't know if you mm -hmm. can still back it sometimes backer kit lets you do that uh i'm not sure it was on a few months ago we have yeah. if you're interested if you're listening and interested in learning more about uh fall in love not uh misspent youth fall in love not in line uh we had mm -hmm. an entire hour talking about it on not dnd so if you go back in the not dnd archives you can find it in there to listen a bit more about it um but yeah wj do you have any other recommendations as well um 316 carnage amongst the stars all right I don't know that one. it's a very very simple game it's starship troopers mm -hmm. the game Okay, but so I kid yeah. you not, the characters have two stats: fighting okay. ability, not fighting ability. That's it. Well, that's all there is. What other stats do you need? That covers. You can literally everything. play a whole game in an hour and enjoy the process. It's great. Amazing. Well, those are some great recommendations. Um, so we are coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, so it's time for me to say thank you so much for your time uh, for coming on and uh, talking to us about paranoia and sharing the paranoia with us. Well, thank um, you for dealing with my short-term memory issues um, <laughs> and for hosting and, and bringing this yank here. I really you appreciate it. You're more than welcome. And to everyone watching, thank you so much for coming along to watch another episode of Not D&D. Uh, next week, we have another episode. Uh, we're talking about Soulbound, so the Warhammer Age of Sigma RPG. Yeah. So a slightly different pace going on there. Um, and if you want to check out any of our upcoming shows, you can look at that on enliverpg.com and see the Not D&D tab where you can see all of the old archives uh, episodes. Uh, you can catch up on those and you can also see what's coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, but with that, again, I'll say thank you so much for your time and coming on and uh, we'll be back next week thank you very much goodbye Bye, folks. <laughs>